G'day beer lovers and welcome to The Antidote, a series of special episodes of Brews News Live. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. In this series, we hope to engage with the beer community to share their insights, to get some ideas and some strategies and to provide an online gathering place. It's a, a virtual beer garden and we welcome you all. Today, we touch base with Tassie as we, ta as we chat with Moo Brews' Dave McGill and the beer healer, Chris Lukinenko, and see what the Apple Isle is up to. I'm joined each day by my Brews News Week co-host and good mate, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day for the second time today, Matt. G'day, Pete. Matt, you, you, do you know why I asked you to actually host the show rather than me? Uh, it's not. It's not the money. <laughs> no, um, no it's not the money. What, what's option B? Um, op option B is so I don't have to pronounce things like Lukianenko. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, now here's a funny story, and I'll relate this to Chris. But uh, yeah, when Chris comes on, we'll, we'll just ask him about um, uh, a job. Now I'm pretty sure it was an accounting firm, and it involved uh, three things: late night, beer, the photocopier. And that's how I knew, yeah, I, I found out about Chris through uh, a guy who was on school council. He said, oh, no, you're in beer. You, you must know the beer healer. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we used to work together. And, uh, yeah, told me a, a bit of a story. So there we go. We can ask him about that when he comes on. We certainly can. And, uh, yeah, and, and you said a second time today because we did, of course, report, uh, recorded Bruce News Week. So um, I think we got all of the crap out of our system this morning. So, um we, we might just sort of roll straight on seeing we do have uh, two guests today who we can have a bit of a chat. So, um, yeah, mate, tell us a little bit about uh, Chris Lukianenko. Uh, <laughs> well, first of all, his name his name's not pronounced that. <laughs> well, as so I said, this is why you host. That's probably why he calls himself the beer healer, to be fair. Um, but, no, look, uh, Chris is a great bloke in beer. Um, he's very proudly following in our footsteps, and I'm glad that we're his inspiration, uh, his mentor, and something he... Uh, um, aspires to be. G'day, Chris. Hold on. No, sorry, I was just... Oh, uh, you're just dialing while I'm doing that. No, no, we, 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 we've got Chris yeah, and, and Dave Yeah, and then you unmute. No, no, we're, well, because, yeah, because we're putting, pushing the technology to its absolute okay. limits today. We've got Chris and Dave on a teleconference, we've got you on Skype, and we've got me in the studio, so... <laughs> it's all happening. Going smoothly, fellas. <laughs> How are you, there Chris? There he is. <laughs> yeah, I'm going well. <laughs> Good to hear. Good to hear from you, mate. I was just explaining to our uh, listening audience and to those in the chat room that um, you weren't always involved in beer and you uh, you still have uh, a day gig, um, but you yes. used to, uh, your, one of your earliest uh, experiences with beer involved a late night, a lot of beer and a photocopier. Well, I thought we were never going to speak of this again, Prof. Well, nobody <laughs> listens to this, mate. No, true. <laughs> true. No, that's okay. Yeah, no, it is all true. A friend of mine, Terry, and I, we were... Uh, in our early 20s, and we're having a few after-work beers at uh, the credit union I worked at. He worked at the accounting firm next door. We went across to his workplace because they had more beers in their fridge and thought it would be hilarious to uh, drop our strides and photocopy our butts on the uh, Fujitsu copier. Uh, stupidly, though, we both got on at the same time and <laughs> smashed the glass, fell through that, uh, cut both of our butts. Uh, another good mate of ours at the time, Dave, he patched us up with some... Something looked a little bit like a nappy with some duct tape around our legs, so we could continue to uh, enjoy the night and go out to the get to the pubs that night. So um, yeah, Fujitsu. That was the first time in the history in Australia that that photocopier glass had ever been broken. It had to come from Japan. And for those listening at home, don't try this at home because we're all about nah. responsible drinking. Now that you've uh, entered the, uh, the the industry, haven't you, Chris? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a big advocate for it these days, for sure. Uh, you you um, also, I've just realised, well ahead of your time, Chris, because you were actually, a, uh, back then, a proponent for the importance of social distancing. 
So one at a time on the photocopier, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mate, I think we've also got Dave on as well. Have we got you there, Dave? Yeah, you certainly do. Oh, beautiful. I love it when a plan comes together. Mate, nice, uh, when, uh, nice when it works. <laughs> how are things down at, uh, down at Moobrew at the moment? How are you, how are you guys going with the uh, closed borders and general craziness that uh, COVID-19 brings? Yeah, like everyone in the industry, mate, I think we're hurting. Um, you know, there's been some tough conversations and um, I think, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely, um, you know, parts of the business, obviously, in packaging sales and stuff like that have gone up, but that's also, you know, a super competitive area with low margin and, um, it's, um, yeah, devastating to see the on-premise market and how much they're hurting at the moment. And, um, a lot of them are very close friends of mine and, um, you sort of when you revolve in those circles, it's um yeah, it's been some it's been some tough times. Obviously, Mona shut um, probably a little bit before everyone else, so um, we lost uh, you know one of our biggest customers within Mona uh, pretty early on in the piece as well. So um, yeah, it's um yeah, it's been uh, very similar to the day down here at the moment. It's a little bit wet and gloomy. Mate, talk us a little bit about that because. Mubru is a you know is all part of the um, orbit of Mona and also the and I'm just having a mental blank the um, uh, midwinter festival the yeah, dark mofo dark mofo um, and they made a call you know they they closed Mona very very early um, you know well in advance of even the um, government advice and uh, dark mofo they made a, a a call pretty quickly on that as well just for for the certainty around it. What sort of conversations were you guys having, you know, a month ago when, when this first started, uh, you know, bleeding into our lives? Yeah, yeah look, I mean, um, you know, obviously there's a couple of prongs to that. You know, Dark Mofo, um, you know, is an absolute beast of a festival to put on that takes, you know, 12 months worth of planning. And um, like a lot of those festivals, it requires a lot of um, looking at fans and international gigs and... Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, creatives that come from all over Australia to um, work on a contract basis um, in order to get Dark Mofo off the ground and they'd all started to arrive and um, and um, so that that call had to be made um, pretty early on um, and, you know, David feels a, a high level of social responsibility about um, making sure that this um, sort of uh, we can get on top of this pretty early on, and, and Mona probably being one of the major hotspots for, uh, for uh, transmission in Tasmania. He was um, pretty keen to shut it down, uh, yeah, pretty early. So um, obviously, you know, David, David's um, been, you know, gambling all over the world and stuff like that. So he's been affected in other areas um, as well. So you know, they've, they've he's probably been affected long before Australia was in the sense that they've shut horse racing and all that kind of stuff down all over the world well before uh, it got to Australia. So um, yeah, he sort of had a, probably a, maybe. Whoops, we've lost somebody. We might have just lost. Dave might have just dropped out. I don't know if you can still hear us, Dave. Um, but maybe Chris can. Oh, he's back. Have we, got you, have we got your brother? Yeah, yeah, he just tried. I'm not sure. I think it was a phone issue. Not. That's all right. Um, the other, oh, I guess the double whammy is, um, apart from, yeah, Mona being the first to close down, so there, w there was that, but then Tassie was also the first to close its borders. Did that affect you in terms of your supply chain? Yeah, look, our supply chain to the mainland hasn't been too bad. It's, um, that's been, that's been um, uninterrupted at the moment. Um, but... You know, having said that, um, you know, obviously 
the industry in Tassie um, by shutting the borders relies heavily on tourism and not just places like Mona, but all the restaurants and bars and that kind of stuff. So um, I think, you know, one, it might well help Tassie because they're probably a bit of ahead of the curve on stopping the spread. But um, it's also been, um, yeah, it's also been probably not premature. I don't think it's been premature, but it's um, definitely impacted us pretty early on. That's for sure. And, and what do you, have you guys done? We've been listening over the last two weeks uh, of the antidote to how uh, breweries are making alternative arrangements um, to get their beer into people's hands. Um, ha- have you guys <coughs> come up with any initiatives to, to allow you to repackage draft beer or get your uh, you know, packaged beer out um, through direct delivery or direct service or online? Uh, look, that, that's, that's something that we've definitely broached, um, but it's something that I'm not... We're very lucky with Moo to have quite a broad... We use a third party in Samuel Smith to distribute our product um, nationwide as well. Um, but we also have a very strong uh, off-premise presence in Tassie. Um, and so I've been a little bit adverse to undercutting the independent bottle shops. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that everyone else is undercutting them, but we don't have a tap room as such. So we haven't... Um, we've still got a strong off-premise... Um, uh, push at the moment and um, until they shut bottle shops down and, and people can't go uh, to another local business um, and buy Moobrew then um, we're, at the moment we're not probably going to do the direct uh, delivery sort of side of things we haven't um, sort of seen an impact in that way um, so yeah we sort of yeah, we're just sort of um, going to wait and see what happens as far as that's concerned. Do you guys have much of a hospitality business yourselves? I know, in, in, again, in your orbit there is a hospitality side, but does does Moo itself have a uh, hospitality side? No, none at all. So that's why um, I sort of feel that we're, um, yeah, that's why we'll, we'll look after the, the bottle shop chains for us um, and the independent bottle shop stores down here. So we don't have any hospitality, direct retail um, in Tassie, even obviously, Moobrew is a separate business entity to Mona, so Mona is another wholesale customer for us. Um, they just happen to be a very big one. Um, but that would be where um, our on-premise stuff um, would be, but it's not direct. It's still set up as a separate business. And Dave, have you had an opportunity um, with the Tasmanian brewers because you're obviously physically isolated, but now you're kind of, I guess, you know, existentially isolated as well. Have you guys uh, had the opportunity to sort of, I guess, get together and, um, you know, chat over a virtual beer or um, discuss how, how each other's getting on? Yeah, look, I mean, we're kind of lucky down here that, you know, we we sort of all operate on a pretty tight knit um, community down here and we have definitely... Um, I have reached out and spoken to quite a few of the breweries um, down here and, um, you know, going to the bottle shops on the way home and stuff like that to try and get some other beers, that I, you know, um, independent Tassie beers and, and stuff like that. So we have um, we have been talking and, you know, we're sharing resources. You know, we had a little handheld labeler that we use for our limited release series, Go to Shambles, this week because, um, you know, Shambles are doing an amazing job by, um, you know, uh, canning a lot of uh, smaller breweries, um, uh, keg product at the moment, so um, yeah, we've been lucky enough to be able to, um, you know, and those guys have been equipment that will, um, you know, allow small runs of uh, canning and stuff like that. So everyone's sort of getting together. I guess one of the interesting things is, you know, everyone's sort of saying that the world and community are coming together, but I feel that the um, the beer industry as a whole has been such a tight knit community that, um, you know, we've always been doing this, and, and we'd always do it in good times or in bad times. So um, 
yeah, I mean, it's good to see everyone banding together, but, you know, it's not it's almost business as usual as, uh, down here as far as uh, looking after one another. Yeah, it is nice to see that overall, that it's kind of, yeah, yeah as shitted as it, as it is, it's it's just another day, you know, um, as far as yeah. the, the attitude of, of the beer community goes, yeah. And how about you, Chris? Because uh, stepping away from Moo, um, with your uh, beer enthusiasm, um, you would be have had a lot to do with a lot of the Tassie breweries over the last week. What are you hearing from um, the, the, the broader Tassie community? Oh, look, I think in general, mate, most brewers seem to be doing it a little bit tough in one way or another. Uh, and they're all sort of looking for other ways to, to sell their beer. You know, there's a lot of, lot of breweries that have had you know, I think uh, Dave just mentioned that, you know, they've had beers in tank or keg or whatever. You know, maybe they've had their fresh hop beers ready to go or maybe their Gabs beers in one way, shape or form planned and ready to go. Uh, now they've got to find other ways to get them into the consumer's hands. So, I mean, fairly large reliance down here on mobile canning, um, you know, with East Coast and stuff. I was out at Fox Friday last week and East Coast canning were, were there, but, you know, they may potentially not be able to come back. I know they were heading back after the, the date, and so I think they were going to have to isolate those guys when they got back to Victoria. So, uh, you know, some maybe looking to, to bottle, which means, you know, things like new labels and all that sort of stuff to go with it. Um, well, I just, yeah, just heard there with Dave that, that Shan was a, doing a bit of a community service and helping out with their canning. So um, it's, it's difficult. Uh, I think there's lots of uh, sort of posts that you've seen about um, you know, curating special packs. I, I had a nice 12-pack of uh, Ocho delivered to me today, which was fantastic. Uh, I've seen others sort of doing that or advertising, you know, the home delivery or the driveway service and that sort of thing. Um, I had a special delivery from Coop from uh, Spotty Dog Brewers, which may not be a brewery that uh, many interstate uh, would know of, but he's a uh, – what? Do, how do we refer to them now? Is it Gypsy Brewery we still call it that or – uh, uh, vagabond brewing, vagabond, uh, yeah. So walkabout, so cuckoo. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but he's he's teamed up with a, a local restaurant to create a special beer and uh, try and get that out. So there's a lot of reliance on um, on the the social media and also the local independent bottlers, you know, giving them shout outs to try and sort of build a uh, a bit of a vibe around the town and just make sure that everybody doesn't forget about it. And I think you know, sort of rolling over into this weekend's isolation beer festival, that's really what everybody is trying to do um, is is basically, you know, make sure that the breweries aren't forgotten because otherwise, you know, it's going to be some really, really tough times ahead. Are, are many guys getting their, um, you know, are people getting their beers out to market? Are they doing, we're seeing a lot of um, breweries up here doing um, home delivery and, you know, just sort of loading up the ute, you can click and collect. Um, they're doing a pie and pizza. I've even seen today two um, Queensland breweries because Queensland has banned uh, growlers, um, and growlers oh, for really? the well, uh, a for the cleaning um, of the growler, mm. but then yep. also the handling. Um, it, it, it seems a bit silly, but they're working through it at the moment. Um, just the handling of growlers, um, and so a, a couple of breweries have invested in a couple of pallets of two-liter milk containers, you know, <laughs> and, and and then using those as uh, disposable. Uh, Growlers, which is a stroke of genius, I thought. Nice. I hey, like but are you I hearing like anything like that from the from the Tassie contingent? I well, haven't really heard of too much in terms of home delivery myself. Have you? Uh, so um, I know Shambles are doing home deliveries, and Will yep. um, Tatchell has um, from Van Diemen has done a nat- uh, statewide um, 
it might as well be an Asian mentality at the moment. The borders are so locked. But uh, statewide, um, but he's not career. driving the Ute down to Hobart, though, is he? I, I, I don't think, <laughs> I think Australia Post might have been giving me a hand on that one, but he has been <laughs> Post and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I mean the other thing about Tassie breweries are, you know, there are um, they're quite a versatile. Um, you know, obviously now. There's a little bit more options for canning and stuff down here as well. Um, and they're probably a little bit smaller as well, you know, um, which is a good thing because um, you can sort of move a little bit quicker than, um, you know, some of the bigger guys. You know, obviously, you know, we talk about um, independent breweries. You know, when you talk about Ben Spoke or, you know, Stonewood or those kind of people that have, um, you know, got a shift of behemoth of a business um, very, very quickly in, in what is pretty uncertain times. Um Makes it difficult, you know, when when you're in that kind of um, realm of, uh, of of volume. Yeah, Guys, tell us about that's... the um, the virtual the now what's it called the virtual no, Tassie beer fest the virtual the beer Tassie Tassie Tassie. isolation beer festival. I thought I see that's Johnny Burridge is in the uh, in the chat room here today, so shout out to him because I. I, th I think he was uh, one of the guys that sort of uh, thought the idea up along with I think it was Dave and Will and a few of the others. Um, so that's that's really a sort of a social media type of thing where we're asking people to get on the weekend and drink their favourite uh, Tasmania beer, share a picture, hashtag Taz Indie Beer, and also hashtag Keeping Local Alive as well, the Crafty Pint one as well, and just trying to get the get the word out there um, because uh, yeah, we need we need to be sharing the the love for these brewers because they are doing it tough. Mate, it's completely irrelevant and unrelated in a way, but it's also a great <laughs> opportunity, I guess, to galvanise. The, the the Tasmanian beer loving population, and to finally, after I think it's about nine years now, crack a Tassie beer into the uh, the top one hundred of the Gab's hottest one hundred. There has been talk of that. I don't know if there's anybody has ever been in the one hundred. Dave, I think Moobrew was the closest, weren't they, at one stage? Um, I think Moobrew, the first the first three years, Moobrew had up to I think the most was seven. Uh, sorry, five, uh, five beers. Yep. In the 100. Four core range and a, and a Imperial Stout. Yeah, yeah. I think we've been there really early on, way back in, way back in the day. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the Fields was the last one to have made it in there. Um, but Matt but and I still been... scratch our heads every every year where when when Tassie beers don't turn up. Yeah. It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting um, poll that one. It's um, you know that's. Um, Something that my marketing team pushed pretty hard for a couple of years ago, and uh, I gave them an upright. And, um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> well, know, particularly still... when, you, when you look at small, uh, if you like, small population centres like Canberra, um, and how they manage to to galvanise a you know a, 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 percent, a, a small percentage of the population that, that Tassie's got in terms of, and particularly in terms of your beer lovers, I guess, um, uh, consistently. And it's not that the yeah. you know there's no no not a slight to anyone, but it's not like the beers are any any you know that much better. I think no. that's amazing. No, it's also <laughs> you know Tassie's also home to the oldest brewery in Australia, and um, you know there is a very strong, um, still a very strong um, presence down here from from Cascade and and yep. Bogues and um, and rightly so. I mean we still you know. In that living memory of uh, growing up with those kind of um, with those kind of beers and stuff like that, so we're probably per capita probably you know got a, quite quite a strong um, internationally owned sort of presence down here. I reckon yeah. it's probably one of the one of the reasons why. Yeah, 
I, well, I used to work for Bogues many years ago, and I, I was surprised when I first started working for them um, that, uh, you know, how strong the parochialism is for those those two beers in the north and the south. Uh, for a long time there, as Bogues, we couldn't move beers in, into the south until we had one that didn't taste like a traditional Bogues beer, and then the, the Cascade drinkers started to, started to drink it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough game for being outside of those two brands. Out of interest, which of the two breweries do you consider to be the uh, the oldest brewery in Tassie? As far as Bogues or Cascade? Yeah. Oh, Cascade, sure. Okay. Cascade. What about you, Chris? Yeah, yeah Cascade, yeah. Okay, yeah. Probably also the one that's the most work. Oh, hold on, hold on, Pete. Are, are you going to dispute that? Are, are you going to – it sounds like you've got some inside knowledge that, and you're going to he surprise He wants to show us up, doesn't he? No, no, not, no, not at all. No, it's just that because because <laughs> because Peter de Graves was uh, uh, imprisoned for um, in debtor's prison for uh, a while, the brewery ceased operation and became a, a sawmill. It didn't actually ever start. In fact, Pete, he'd announced plans in eighteen twenty four, but he spent some time in jail. It wasn't until eighteen thirty two because he had business interests there, and it was eighteen thirty two that he. Uh, uh, actually started building the brewery. So it, on, on some uh, labels it says 1824 and some it says 1832. 32, yeah. Hey, Pete, so j- sorry, j- just while you're showing off your knowledge, Pete, um, <laughs> what does quarantine, <laughs> what's the origins of the word qu- quarantine? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Matt. It's, uh, it's Latin, isn't it? No, yep. it, well, it's actually, it's Italian, but it mm-hmm. means four weeks it, it or four months. It means 40 which was a number 40, of days. 40 weeks, uh, in, yeah. in, in, in Is the this p- one of those classic moments where you blokes just digress onto something random? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, during the Black Plague. Uh, during the Black Plague, yeah, Dad spent 40 days on board the ship before he could come ashore. So, yeah. yeah. So, That's very, very and, relevant. <laughs> oh, yeah, and don't eat any rats on the way out. <laughs> you know where the word vaccine came from? No. Came from cows, apparently, in, in the smallpox. And uh, apparently there was a doctor, can't remember his name, but... Um, Apparently, when everyone was dying of smallpox, he realised that the milkmaids um, weren't getting as ill as everyone else, and it was because cow there pox. was a, a cowpox, and um, because they were uh, subject to it uh, on a minute level over a long period of time, because they were milking cows, um, he thought he might have been onto something, so he grabbed a young kid and um, got him on the milking the cows for quite some time, and then. Um, Tried to punch him full of smallpox for uh, a couple of months, and uh, he didn't get it. So, um, but he did catch autism. Terrible. Can you catch that? Is that something? Well, uh, apparently you get it from the vaccines. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. hey, anyhow, beer. Um, yeah. Can I can I plug our our little uh, session this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. The, well, that's what we were trying to do, and you yeah, just and, we and you suddenly trialed yeah, that tonight. So we just a little podcast. <laughs> so, t- so tell us how do people who want to find out a little bit about uh, the, the the weekend um, find out about it? What's involved? Can, do you pre-buy beers? Can people on the mainland join despite the uh, the, the boundaries? Oh, it's open to everybody. If you can get Tassie beers on the mainland. Now, this is really funny because I was just going to mention that uh, John Burridge has also uh, suggested that, don't forget, um, they've only got dial-up internet, so there's only a limited number of people <laughs> who could join in the uh, the conference call anyway. And uh, we, yes, they both just dropped out, so I'm just going to get them both uh, back on. Um, 
Meanwhile, meanwhile, which is funny because I'll, I'll, I'll pad out a little bit. No, so we'll, we'll, no, 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 we, we got where, him back. Um, we, we, we got him back. thing was going with that Are because uh, what we don't want is is suggesting that people, you know, perhaps uh, go out and squeeze as many teats as they can in order to vaccinate themselves against uh, <laughs> the virus. Well, wouldn't it, with this one, because that was the smallpox was like cowpox, so wouldn't you have to sort of go out and find a fruit bat or something like this to uh, vaccinate yourself? Well, smallpox yourself? would have come from calves, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, I'm giving you... Thank you. He's got oh, all these buttons man, here. Yeah, to keep setting them up for him. Yeah. Anyway, we've got you guys back. We, we have yeah, got them back. Yeah. So, so, so tell hey, us... Chris, tell us about this festival. Yeah. And, yeah, and does it so rely well. on good mobile phone and internet speeds? Because apparently <laughs> you're screwed. It's hard down here in Tassie, isn't it? It is hard. Um, look, let's be honest. It's fairly fairly loose, the uh, the rules around what's going on this weekend. There is an event page on Facebook, the South Isolation Beer Festival, but we're really relying on on the breweries and the, the drinkers of these fine craft beers to sort of get together and promote them in whatever way they please, whether they're posting photos on Instagrams with the, with the hashtags or there was talk of uh, some of the brewers doing virtual tours around their breweries or, you know, deals for the weekend for, for beers and all that sort of thing, getting their beers out there via the home delivery. Um, it's just a way to celebrate in whatever way you see fit. And I was saying before, before you cut me off, that I'm going to do my best <laughs> to get through all of the uh, all of the Tassie craft beers. I've just been making a list of the ones that I've bought this week, and I've, I've got 11 on my list. So what have I got? Uh, Dave, is about another 14 to go, have I? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, uh, you, you might even have to get some in kegs, mate, because some of them might not be in cans. So, yeah, um, true. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do my problems. best. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but also, guys, thanks for asking. We are um, hosting a, a bit of a podcast this weekend with the OGs of the Tassie craft beer scene. So uh, our good friend here, Dave, will be on. Uh, John Burridge, who's in the chat here today. We've got Will Tatchell. We've got um, – who else have we got? Oh, who else have we got? Michael Dave? Briggs. Oh, Michael Briggs, Briggs yes. Yeah, yep. and OJ. OJ and Ash from Two Meter Tall is going to join us too now. So, oh, wow. Uh, uh, he, he's kind of like Tasmania's um, uh, Muzzin Hudjar, isn't it? In, in terms yeah. of uh, content. Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, we're hoping to get him on, so that, that could be an interesting chat where everybody's going to celebrate a beer from another brewery, tell a story from the old days, and uh, you know just generally have a, a bit of a chit chat, and then we'll um, share that via the podcast. So it should be a bit of fun, I reckon. Mate, that sounds like a heap of fun. I might even just join him myself. We've Mate, the I'm just trying to think. I'm thinking in my fridge or in my, my – I might have to go into the cellar to find something from uh, from Tassie. I was just thinking that myself because, Dave, do you know if um, Moobrew is still available up in Queensland? Have you got distribution up here through Sam Smith's? Yeah, we do, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, they'd definitely be available up there for sure. So yep. I'd love to be cracking one of the Pilsners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it would definitely be um, – it would be mainly the independent bottle shop, but um, yeah, they'd definitely be up there. Only yep. place that's I shop. sharp. No, I lost that one. Sorry. Oh, I was saying that Pilsner, Pilsner from Lubru is sharp, isn't it? It is. I love it. Uh, I absolute love it. cracker. Well and done, Dave. Oh, that's OJ's recipe, mate. I'm just a caretaker of that one. That's, um, <laughs> I just uh, I just don't bugger it up. That's my uh, philosophy on that beer. It's um, that, that's the one, one, I mean that was the beer that I and David Walsh picked as uh, his number one beer when they blind tasted um, lots of different styles. And Garolsch was actually the beer that, that he picked, and and that sort of Pilsner was born out of that kind of um, style. And um, yeah, we haven't changed that recipe for um, 
for the best part of 14 years, I think. Wow. So, so what mm. is your biggest seller um, at Moobrew, Dave? Oh, the pale ale is, um, yeah, it's just, um, just walks out the door. Um, yeah, which is um, funny because it's not my favourite beer. Uh, but it's, um, it almost outsells every other beer style combined, actually, of all our core range. Yeah. A- yeah. Have you noticed um, a bit of an uptick in Pilsner? Because we, you know, Pete and I were in the US last year and we did see that there was a bit of an uptick on lagers and everyone was getting into Pilsners. Have you started sure. to see that trend you know, uh, happen here? Um, it's an interesting question at the moment with um, with my marketing department and and, uh, and ourselves. And the word pilsner, I think, is probably a little bit still prohibitive amongst the general beer consumer at the moment. In in the fact that it doesn't stipulate that it is a lager, um, but we are definitely seeing um, more and more lagers come out, which is awesome because they've always been they're just such a delicate, really hard beer to make, and um, and they're um, they're uh, the brewers of um, they're the brewers beer. I reckon most of the lagers sticking around at the moment. There's some amazing lagers sticking around, um, and um, yeah, we have seen Pills is definitely our second strongest um, selling product for sure. Just on that, Dave, do you think too is the marketing department perhaps a little bit reticent to to go with Pilsner because once you get into into lager the lager styles, you're also then price competing. I, I think with with a lot of the the guys, you know, the, the drinkers who are coming over from mainstream. And I think mm. one of the things is oh, I'd come over to craft if it wasn't all you know fruity and uh, you know too bitter and all that and flowery and all that, all those sort of things that you, you're you hear. Um, yeah, but then you um, you say, oh yeah, if you had a lager, I'd come over, and then you go, oh hang on, it's it's you know six bucks a, a six pack more. Nah, mm. I'll go I'll go back to you know whatever. Um, is that part of the problem? For sure, yeah, I think so. And I, I think that the other part of the problem is that not a lot of people in the mainstream beer industry understand that they're actually drinking a lager as well. Like um, you know, with words bitter and craft and stuff like that tucked away in the marketing, that they're probably not really hundred percent sure that that's exactly what they are drinking. Um, and but then when you do get into that lager realm, you are um, definitely up against. Um, you know, we recently changed um, the name of the bid strength uh, to session ale, and the uptake that it has seen um, on um, sales of our session ale versus our mid strength was um, phenomenal. Actually, yeah. um, I reckon there'd be you know the best part of 100% growth in that in that beer. Um, over I, the last sort of wow. six months. That's I always love hearing those stories and laughing when people sort of say, you know, craft beer is about the beer. It's not about the marketing. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's interesting yeah, too I that mid, mid-strength is kind of a restrictive word, whereas session is a sociable right. word. And mid-strength does put us into that realm. Exactly the same as saying with lagers, you know, it does put us into that direct competition with some of the bigger mid-strength beers. Um, and um, then all of a sudden price becomes, because our mid-strength is actually no cheaper to make because um, we use heaps of hops in it. Um, so it's really not any cheaper to make than um, than our full-strength beers, um, short of the very minute excise relief on it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, too, that we're talking about a market where, you know, I'm guessing plenty of mainstream drinkers down there are drinking Cascade Pale Ale, blissfully unaware that it's a lager. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, uh, Bogues, Triple X, Bitter. Uh, blissfully unaware that it's a lager. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, <laughs> not anymore, though. Uh, boom. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> you heard it first on The Antidote, folks. Um, but, but actually, Dave, the, the last time I was down there, and, and I was actually due to be down there um, before they closed the borders on me, um, but it was probably 12 months ago, and I just noticed that, you know, having been down, you know, probably once a year for the last, you know, 10 years, um, and then remembering before that, the it was really interesting to see... Tassie was always a bit of a retirement village um, for a long mm. time, and it's the, the last year or two that I've been down, it's got this really young, hip vibe, and Mona, um, you know, Dark Mofo, all of that would have done that, but it's a very creative, very dynamic feel to Hobart, particularly these days. Has that started to have a bit of an impact on, you know, like beer sales and, you know, driving the, uh, the, the growth of craft breweries down there? Oh, 100%, mate. Yeah, you know, I've um, I've been in Tassie for a long time now and um, and it's kind of a reminiscent of probably maybe a Melbourne um, maybe 15 or 20 years ago, you know, where rent wasn't absolutely crazily exorbitant. So I think what we're finding is now that the young um, sort of the hospitality generation that are really in tune with... Um, Good quality products. Um, they have access to amazing produce in Tasmania, which they always have. I think that's never changed. I think Tasmania's always had really good produce. But but what's changed is that um, people have now um, realised that they can come down here, start a business, um, bring their kids up, and really push themselves and, and push the the sort of culinary and and food and beverage side of things. And um, so it's been pretty exciting over the last few years to see, you know, some of the smaller venues, um, Tempo and a couple of those restaurants that have made, you know, some pretty big waves on a national level, Franklin and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, um, they've sort of, you know, been able to find their own little niche down here. And, um, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a testament to um, the sort of young people that we are getting uh, down here now that can actually make some of these, you know, low-margin um high quality venues work um so hopefully hopefully the, um, they all come out the other side of this because um i think that's where um you know we're definitely going to hurt from this will be um some of those venues that are quite small and and you know um don't rely on massive margins and hopefully they can come back out the other side and, and keep doing what they do Absolutely. Well, yeah, and hopefully you guys can, you know, as a result of, I guess, um, hitting the the break early, um, can can also come out of it that little bit earlier, and um, I guess be a bit of a, a sentinel for the rest of us. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think that's a double edged sword at the moment, from what I can gather about some stuff that's happening over at WA about um, you know potentially sort of having to be locked down for a little bit longer because um, we don't have quite the, the immunity level sort of that we're going to see. Um, because of the lack of people, but um, you know, we just we just had a couple that tested positive down here um, that had gone to every single tourist destination in the entirety oh. of the state. Um, <laughs> Everyone hates a tourist. Did, well, they didn't know at the time, so um, <laughs> so that happened around that sort of thirteenth or fourteenth of March and came out in the news last night. So. Um, you go because you guys have got a virtual beer festival to oh, organize nice. um and thanks very much too to to, to johnny burridge for um as i say, johnny's an ideas man and it's no surprise that um you know he's partly behind 
this initiative and I hope it really works out well for you guys and you get some, uh, not just some uh, good traction out of it, but that the engagement and that sense of community um, you can you can develop will sort of, you know, pull everyone down there together. Yeah, yeah he's, sure. a, he's a great man. Great man. He is, and not to mention, mate, uh, it was his wedding anniversary yesterday and everyone uh, finds his Instagram post on Hop Heavyweight. How funny so, was that? Uh, <laughs> they'll find uh, a beautiful uh, photo of him and his lovely bride and... Um, the border of that photo is every craft brewery in Tasmania's um, logo. So, um, gutsy yeah. move. My yeah, wife just man. shot me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that man is committed. So, yeah, yeah we, uh, we owe a lot to him for sure. Well, well, soon to be. well done, John. Anyone that's in the chat room or anyone who is listening to this by download, uh, you can go to the show notes, uh, look in the show notes of the app that you're viewing it in, and you'll see a link to the Facebook uh, event. Go grab some Tassie beer from your, or order some. You might still have time uh, for, for click and collect. Wash your hands afterwards and uh, <laughs> join them for some great Tassie beers at the Isolation Beer Festival uh, this weekend. Thanks very much for your time, gentlemen. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for your time, fellas. Good Great on stuff. you guys. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Well, there we go, Matt. There we go, yeah. There's something to do for the weekend. And it's, yeah, look, it's, I was really keen to speak to the guys because um, we are seeing that, you know, the different reactions and the different time uh, zones or timelines, if you like, of, of the way that various states have, have reacted obviously impacts on um, each, in, each individual state differently. And so it's, uh, I was really keen to sort of see with Tassie being physically isolated for a start and now being, you know, very socially isolated from the mainland, um, uh, how that's sort of affecting them. And it, and it's, it is really good to see that the uh, it, it doesn't seem to have dampened morale. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll see it as we sail these uncharted waters. It's, oh, hang on, uncharted waters. No, 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 Anything else, Matt, before we no. let these guys go? No, thank you to the chat room. Thank you to uh, to, to our guests. And uh, tomorrow, just uh, teasing, we're going to be speaking to um, Fran, who formerly of Kegstar, who is now heading up the um, Keep Our Venues Alive campaign or is certainly on the board of Keep Our Venues Alive campaign that started in Sydney with their, um, uh, what is it, their, their nighttime, um, the Nighttime yeah, Association? Uh, not yet, yeah. The Nighttime Industries Association, um, and you know, they—it's—it's it, it, a little bit like the uh, Keeping Local Alive campaign that is brewery specific. They're a little bit overarching venues, you know, brewery venues um, and everything. And so, just find out a little bit about what they're doing um, and what they're campaigning to, uh, you know, bring together all of the other industries as well. So uh, we'll have Fran to to chat and uh, guest number two, TBA. Oh, there we go. Well, is it one of those things where we'll uh, we'll kind of see what's happening, what develops, uh, what announcements are made, and what uh, progress we're making on this whole uh, current situation, and uh, and then grab a guest um, as suits exactly yeah, the, the yeah. climate. No worries. All right. Well, thanks again to the twenty odd who uh, popped in and uh, from time to time and had a listen in the in the chat room. And thanks very much for your engagement. Thanks for the the comments. Uh, I won't be doing a. Of Wayne's World style outro, we'll just go back to to, to regular because I didn't get enough fan mail about that one. So, 
But uh, we'll, speaking we'll of fan mail, on. if anybody's listening, uh, you know, help help us out. Um, we're we're doing this every day uh, for, for for free, but you can help us out by just jumping on your favourite podcasting app or iTunes and just giving us a, a review, as many or as few stars as you want. And you know, if you feel like giving us a little bit of a, a shout out in the comments, you can do that, and that really helps us as well. Yeah, and as I say, we're not really aiming to. I guess, uh, you know, a scattergun approach to, to what we're doing. It's, it, it really is still very, very much industry focused. So uh, in that respect, it's it's not about, I, I love seeing uh, the familiar faces um, and our, you know, the support that we get in the, uh, in the chat room, but it's also, I know, you know, people are downloading it as well. Uh, and hopefully, you know, the whole point of the antidote was, you know, we hope that the the conversations will be an antidote to the the uncertainty and the isolation that the current conditions can can bring, um, and that's why we sort of want to you know catch up with the brewers, um, bar owners we've had, um, and industry suppliers. I think well we started off with Bintani, didn't we? As our, our first guest, um, and to see how they're sort of uh, restructuring, adjusting, dare I say, pivoting. Um, to meet the challenges that we're all facing. So, and if anyone wants to have their brand associated with this fine piece of broadcasting, uh, you can sing out as well. Happy to give you a yell. <laughs> um, anyway, let's saddle up and ride on out, Pete. We're done. Strum when ready, Matt. And we're out.